0: Hello, this is Gary Meese back again with The Case Against. This is episode 12. We're going to be looking into uh, Damian Eccles admission into uh, a mental hospital in Oregon uh, back in uh, August of uh, 1992 and I feel I almost have to apologize at the outset for the confusion in the account but it it is what it is uh, the only really really credible reliable uh, evidence we have is from the ad- admitting uh, doc- documents at the hospital and a lot of that's based on what the various uh, parties uh, told the uh, Hospital officials, and it, you know, and the Eccles Hutchison family, as I, I seem to have to call them, are, are are just notorious, notoriously unreliable narrators of their own stories. Uh, it's not unusual in this case and in other criminal cases to see discrepancies in in various accounts. Uh, in fact, it's to be expected stories change a little bit almost every time they're told but uh, and some of its contradictory and some of it doesn't make sense but the the counts here are just wildly at variance with themselves from the same sources uh, with that said and I address it again in the text of the book I'm going to be reading from, Blood on Black. It's one of three books I've published on on this case. Uh, Blood on Black being volume one of, of a two-volume set that also includes uh, Where Are the Monsters Go, and I condensed both those fairly, fairly large and moderately expensive books into a much more affordable volume called uh, the case against the West Memphis Three killers. Um, they're available on Amazon and Kindle and uh, in print. The chapter title quotes from a uh, hospital record. I think it's a hospital record. It's certainly some some sort of official record. I'll get into it. I'll I will find it find it in the as we go along, but. Anyway, the chapter titles Suicidal Threatening Family Drug Use Parental Concern Re Satanism. When Pam Eccles and Joe Hutchinson picked up Damien from Charter Hospital in Little Rock, Joe Hutchinson had not seen his son for years and didn't recognize him at first. I was in there and turned around to Pam and I asked her, Is this him? You know. I was very confused, Hutchison later testified. Now, Damian Eccles had been sent to uh, Charter Hospital in June of uh, 1992, stayed there for about three weeks because uh, uh, he'd been arrested, he'd threatened suicide, they had some other concerns that they put him in there and we, we, we covered that hospital stay last week in episode 11. In a September 3rd, 2000 declaration, Hutchison, I'm talking about Joe Hutchison here, talked about Damien's time in Oregon. I told Pam I thought we should move to Oregon and we packed up the family and took off. Michael was having a really hard time then. He had just broken up with his girlfriend Deanna and cried the entire ride up there. He was just really, really sad. When we got to Oregon, I set Michael up with a job at one of the BP gas stations that I ran. I thought Michael would do a really good job working there, and I was hoping that everything was going to work out. Now, when he refers to Michael, he's referring to Damian Eccles, who was born as Michael Hutchison. His, his given name was Michael Wayne Hutchison. Uh, he was later adopted by a stepfather, Jack Eccles, and took the name Damian Eccles. Uh, i mentioned briefly that Eccles apparently uh, decided he was going to start using his uh, given name rather than Damian in Oregon and had reverted to call, having him, he was known as Michael on his job and the family pretty consistently refers to him as Michael, though they go back and forth a bit. Um, as a side note, there is a, there was a, some initials left on a tree at the murder site where Eccles, ba, jo, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miskelly killed Stevie Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers. And the initials spelled out M E. It's not it's not clear what the dating is. It's not clear that who left the initials. It's not clear that the initials don't refer to some sort of generic me rather than somebody's somebody's actual initials. And uh, somebody like Eccles might have appreciated the irony of putting an M E there that could stand for anybody but w- but was specifically him. I don't I'm not saying that Eccles put those initials on that tree because I have no proof of that. I have no proof that he didn't, but the assertion that he was, you know, never known as Michael Eccles is at least somewhat questionable. At some point he was transitioning as it were back and forth between Michael and Damian and He may well have been called, he seems to have been calling himself Michael Eccles or Michael Hutchison in the time he was in Oregon. Eccles spent several weeks with the family in Aloha, Oregon just outside Portland before matters came to a head. As with many accounts from the Eccles family, What actually happened remained unclear. Several incidents led up to Eccles being readmitted to a mental hospital. One medical professional subsequently downplayed Eccles' display of symptoms, suggesting he was using alleged mental problems as a means of manipulation. Indeed, Eccles often has seemed able to turn the crazy off at will, using his mental illness as just another attention-seeking shtick like dressing up in black or as an excuse for bad behavior. Eccles was either dangerously mentally ill or doing a very good imitation of a violent maniac in Portland. As Joe Hutchison later testified, the altercations that was brought up is two different instances made in one. The first instance was this, I was afraid he had a habit of shutting his bedroom door, and had been by himself. And him being depressed as he was, and the medicine that he was taking, I was worried. I went into the bedroom. I opened the bedroom door. He did have a knife. It wasn't an altercation at that time. I asked him one time, "Hand me the knife." There was never an argument, never a cross word. He handed me the knife. Hutchison testified, Eccles had been talking about committing suicide. As for the second incident, Hutchison testified, I'm the one who took him to the hospital. Amid the, an the altercation that broke out, he did tell me he would eat me alive, but it was after I made the first move. He, had, he didn't want to be there, but he went there because I took him there for them to do observation on him, and at that time, and the way that I am, sometimes my temper gets the best of me. If you just say one little word, you know, it would kind of tee me off. But it was my mistake. I'm the one who caused him to tell me that. He stood up in there and he said, somebody is going to get slapped. Well, if anybody had to be slapped, I'd rather it had been me. I stood in front of him and called him names that I shouldn't have called him. I called him a punk and I'm one. I can't. It's my fault. He did tell me he would eat me alive, but it was after that. I'm the one who caused it. Eccles testified that Eccles remained in the hospital about two weeks, though records showed he was there just two days. From there, he was homesick for his girlfriend and everything. I had to make arrangements for her to come out there. That's what Hutchinson testified. Eccles supposedly had been distraught over his breakup with Deanna, but had also reconnected with Dominique Dominique, Deanna Holcomb, his former girlfriend, Dominique Tear, is... uh, subsequent girlfriend who was pregnant at the time of the killings. Given the time frame, it's not clear how Hutchison would have been able to make arrangements for Dominique to come out there. And he was set on coming back into Arkansas, back to West Memphis, and at that time, Jack was living down there. Jack being Jack Eccles, his stepfather, who was living at Lakeshore Estates at the time, the same trailer park that, um, uh, Jason Baldwin and Dominique Tier were living in. Uh, Hutchison testified, and finally I said, well, you know, if that's what he wants, then, you know, let him have it. And that's when he came back to live with Jack. I put him in a cab. I had a cab take him to the bus station. According to records at St. Vincent's Hospital and Medical Center in Portland, Eccles was admitted on September 2nd nineteen ninety two. Eccles was described as suicidal. Threatening family, drug use, parental concern, re Satanism. That's the that's constitutes the title of the chapter. According to notes from a social worker, Dad says that Damien has been sniffing gasoline, that at dinner table tonight, he talks about drinking a bottle of bleach and that it would be over soon. patient told sister that he would be killing himself in the next three days. Has made threats to kill himself by hanging with bedsheet or tying socks together and told grandmother today that he would cut his mother's throat. Joe Hutchinson later struggled to explain the incident to a West Memphis PD Chief Inspector Gary Gitchell and Assistant Prosecutor John Fogelman. There had been some kind of misunderstanding one night, you know, I was in on it, and I was, somebody had a uh, matter of fact, his grandmother had told me, well, you know, he's got a knife. He's got a knife out of the drawer. I went looking for it. I did not find one, you know, and after all this was over with, and then there was a big scuffle, um, there wasn't a scuffle. We didn't fight. Uh, no, did not fight. Uh, he was took to the hospital. Gitchell asked, well, why did you have to take him to the hospital? Uh, Hutchinson answered, well, because when I accused him of this, he got a little upset, and again, I haven't been around this boy in eight years and uh, so I told him that it's best let's go to the hospital now you know we all know you know uh, I'm not going to say he's not right you know and quite understandably Fogelman and Gitchell did not know (laughs) so which is why Fogelman followed up with the obvious unanswered question what, I mean, happened that it got so bad that he needed to go to the hospital. Hutchinson's answer did little to clarify. Nothing, really. I called the police out there. I will tell you what I did do. And, you know, he was making his money and he was spending his money anyway he wanted to spend it. And I didn't care because I was the one paying the bills. Uh, he had bought three knives. To me, it was just knives and a holster that you wear in your sock. And, you know, naturally you accuse somebody of something, and he was, he's always been afraid. I won't say any more afraid of the police, okay. So, he put the knives on, and he was in his bedroom. This was at, at, you know, the start. So, I go into the bedroom, and I sit down on the bed, you know, and I don't picture Damien as hurting other people, Himself, maybe. I would believe that more than I would him hurting other people. Fogelman asked, have you ever seen him try to hurt himself? And he got the typically self-contradicting answer. No, nothing. You know, I've seen him beat his head on a wall. Other than that, that's all I've seen. So when I went in there and I sat on the bed and I just said, what are you going to do with them? He say, they're not going to take me daddy they're not going to take me I said who's going to take you the police you called the police I said son I said I ain't trying to have you locked up so I talked to him for a minute there and I asked him I said I want to ask you I said I want the knives without any resistance whatsoever I got them but the only altercation like I said that we had was at the hospital Fogelman continued to try to get an answer to the obvious question. Uh Uh-huh. Why did you call the police? Hutchison said, I knew he had a case of mental imbalance. I didn't want to take any chances. If he exploded then, I wanted to call the police. Hutchison denied he had concerns about his own safety. You know, Damien wouldn't hurt me. Hutchison explained again that Damien had offered no resistance and that there, and there was no knife taken from the drawer, as the grandmother alleged. I mean, he talks about these knives in a holster, and then he turns right around and talks about there wasn't a knife. Fogelman tried again. All right, well then, why did you call the police, Hutchison? Because, you know, he does have a temper. You know, he got a little It was nothing that I couldn't handle, but I didn't want to take any chances. He did not do anything. The only thing he said, y'all, don't believe nothing I say. You take her word over mine. You want to look at it? He was right. You know, he had bought knives, and I took them. At that point, after that, before I took the knives, I did call the police. Before I got, they got there, I went in and I took the knives myself. In his 2000 decoration, Hutchison offered more details. Probably we were in Oregon, Michael got really sad like the time we were driving up there. So he finally locked himself up in a closet and had taken something in there with him. His grandmom told me that Michael had a knife. I thought this was really serious, and Pam and I made him go to a hospital in Oregon. Michael got really upset with me, and I lost my temper, and after I yelled at him, he got even more upset. I feel bad about this whole incident because what started it was when Michael's grandmother told me he had a knife. I do not know why I immediately trusted her instead of checking it out, but what I found out later was that Michael may have just had a spoon with him. He just got through describing how he had a knife in one instance and a, several knives and a, three knives and a holster on his, next to his, on his ankle in another incident, and now he says he didn't have a, he might have just had a spoon with him. Uh, as I point out in the text, unlike in 1993, which is when Hutchison gave his original testimony, Hutchison said Eccles had locked himself in a closet and he made no mention in 2000 of the three knives in a holster taken from Eccles. Damien testified that he had several knives on him during this incident including a boot knife. Pam Hutchison told investigators the trip to the Oregon hospital was basically for the same thing as the trip to charter in June. He was real depressed. He cried a lot. He didn't want to come out of his room. In a declaration on September 4th, 2000, she said, Damien was very unhappy in Oregon. I was very concerned. Worried about him because he would lock himself in a closet and talk about suicide. I finally decided that he had to be placed in a hospital so that he would not do anything to himself. He did not want to be admitted, but I insisted because I got very concerned for him. Damien got really upset with me and Joe for putting him in there, but I did not feel I had a choice. After he was released from the hospital, we went back to West Memphis on a bus. I wanted him to stay in Oregon with us, but I thought that if he really wanted to get back to Arkansas, then instead of arguing with him to stay, I should just let him go. Pam made no mention of calling the police, the knives in a holster, the threats to cut her throat, threats against Joe. In her version, she was the one who made the decision to have Damien hospitalized. She also claimed she wanted him to stay on with them while everyone else said the family wanted him out of the home. Pam said, "Uh, he never threatened to kill me. I'm sure about that. In my opinion, sometimes he lets his temper get the best of him and he said, well, I'm fixing to hit somebody, and I stopped him. I said, no, you're not. Eccles later admitted he had been drinking that night. At the hospital, he threatened to eat his father alive with a spoon. The emergency room report said, quote, the patient comes in by way of parents concerned about his mental health. Apparently, the police were called to the house, and after discussing with him his options, he comes voluntarily to St. Vincent Hospital for evaluation. Apparently, the parents were concerned about his thoughts of harming himself and possibly others. Uh, Eccles told the staff that he'd been feeling homesick after talking with friends in Arkansas and that his parents misinterpreted his tears as a sign of depression. The ER report said he apparently has had thoughts of harming himself by his report to the family members, even though he denies that. He has talked about drinking lye or some kind of bleach that he would kill himself, and he also apparently told his sister that he won't be around much longer. The parents are concerned that he is also into Satanism or devil worship. He apparently has a number of items that relate to this. He apparently cut on his hands in the past. The patient denies suicidal or homicidal ideation at this time. However, in talking with the family members, they state that he made it quite clear that he had thoughts of harming other people, i.e. was going to cut the throat of his mother and has said so in the past, and also apparently made some verbal threats to his father here at St. Vincent Hospital even. In the ER... Eccles was calm, responsive, and lucid, denying hallucinations or delusions. He denied most of the information given by his father, including that he wanted to harm himself or kill others. He denied involvement in Satanism or cult activities. Eccles told the doctors, quote, everything is fine at home, <laughs> It's really laughable. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, the admission diagnosis. Suicidal, homicidal ideation, adjustment disorder. Eccles was placed on suicide watch. He apparently slept well that night. Notes for his treatment plan. When seen this morning, he continued to deny suicidal ideation, but acknowledges that he has been depressed for quite some time relating to ongoing legal and family problems and most recently missing his friends in arkansas he was described as quietly compliant and here we see the institutionalized echoes that people noted uh, during his prison time just you know the nicest nicest young fellow you know w- quiet soft spoken uh, able to seemingly able to put sentences together quite well you know willing to not w- Willing to go along with whatever was presented with him for the most part. (coughs) Excuse me. Later. Parents visited. Visit did not go well. He was tearful and would not visit, discuss visit other than to say, I no longer have parents. <laughs> Staffers heard Eccles beg his parents to take him home. He showed little interest in complying with treatment after that. Eccles filled out a questionnaire of several pages for the patient database. The first question, What do you do when you feel uptight or angry? His answer, nothing. He gave the same answer to who do you turn to when things are not going well? On personal qualities, he checked off cold and not very emotional, a leader, bored easily, and quick-tempered. He said it was easy to make friends. What he liked best about himself was his determination, and then he wanted to change, quote, nothing, unquote, about himself. To questions about school, he scrawled, I don't go to school. He felt different from other kids. Quote, other kids are shallow. Neither parent was the easiest to get along with, according to when according to Eccles when given a choice. He said his parents had no alcohol, drug, or legal troubles and said there were no problems that his family argued about routinely. Asked, how do your parents discipline you? He answered, they don't. He described his mother as having a number of positive traits, adding that she was, quote, stupid, unquote. He said his father was, quote, stupid and bad-tempered. He said his parents had a warm and affectionate relationship in which they, quote, enjoy activities together, unquote, and argue often, unquote. me. Try to get through this without coughing again. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm trying to doctor along this throat, tickly throat. He said he was allergic to everything and had used marijuana speed acid gas. He's talking about gasoline, huffing it. A perceptive progress report noted He appears to be an individual who passively provokes anxiety in others, including actual petty criminal behavior, now mixed up with suicidal threats, entitling him to psychiatric treatment. He is not suicidal, but rather is in disagreement about living in Oregon and on this basis pines for Arkansas and his friends. No pun intended on Arkansas and pines. Uh, A discerning mental health professional had noted manipulative aspects of Damien's mental health problem. Eccles told doctors, I'm the only person who stands up to my dad. My mom just cries, but I don't stand for him pushing me around. I won't do anything to do, I don't want anything to do with either one of them. I just want to be on my own from here on out. I'm not suicidal. That's their way of trying to keep me in a hospital and away from my friends and girlfriend. Dr. Stanley Sturgis, in his Physician's Progress Report on September 3rd, bolstered Eccles' self-assessment. Quote, There is no evidence of a thought disorder. He is not depressed, and his efforts at self-harm may be seen more as a manipulation to escape responsibility for a wide variety of behaviors which have got him into difficulty with the law. Plans for emancipation and return to Arkansas seem reasonable to me. Um, despite the poor outcome of the, uh, the last part of that, I, I think it's quite amazing that one of the physicians mental health professional saw nothing more in um, Eccles' behavior and attitude than manipulation to escape responsibility for a wide variety of behaviors, which have got him into difficulty with the law. I think that may be, explain him as well as anything else that's ever gone on. Anyway, a social services report noted that Joe and Pam Uh, showed up for the assessment explaining they had recently reconciled after many years apart. The report noted, uh, Father maintains that he barely knows his son. Pam stated that she has had difficulty with Damien since he was 10 years old. He has always tended to be an angry child and somewhat difficult to manage. Particularly through his adolescent years. She is convinced he is into activities such as witchcraft. Imagine that, and is very concerned about the quality of friends that he developed while living in Arkansas. Those friends, these friends, being, uh, uh, Jason Baldwin, perhaps. You know, who's the good, the good little boy, so helpful around the neighborhood. Anyway, the report continues. For this reason, she felt that coming to Oregon would be a new beginning for him. Because of the circumstances that precipitated the hospitalization and Damien's threats, particularly toward his father and, of course, his mother, both parents do not feel they wish to have him return to their home. They are frightened of him and what he can do, not only to them, but to other children that reside in the home. Uh, All that needs to be underlined. His parents were terrified of him, and they were concerned about what he could do to children and to them. This is well before he he, he was arrested for the murders of, of a child, three children within less than a year. Damien described plans to go back to Arkansas, including making proper arrangements with his probation officer. Jerry Driver had continued to track Eccles' whereabouts. You know, and Garvey comes under a lot of criticism. Excuse me just a moment. But the fact is, is his job, part of his job was, by its very nature, as a juvenile officer, was keeping track of problematic juvenile delinquents. And Eccles was uh, one of his uh, most notable uh clients not that he had some long juvenile record but that he was a consistent troublemaker he was also someone who had fed uh, drivers interest in occult activities by describing occult activities in Crittenden County he was the prime source for drivers concerns or a prime source, maybe not the prime source, but certainly a prime source for drivers having continuing concerns about this. So instead of demonizing driver, let's put where the demonization really should occur on the demonic demonologist, Damien Eccles. Anyway, um, an attending nurse noted that Eccles' mother would be picking him up after his discharge and making arrangements for travel back to Arkansas by bus. Uh, the nurse noted, Damien has been quiet but cooperative. He shows little or no investment in treatment. Eccles said he was engaged to Domini who was still living in Illinois with her father, though Diane Teer, her mother, lived in Arkansas. According to Diane, Eccles returned from Oregon Quote, to be with Domini. <clears throat> Domini apparently left the home of her father about this time because <coughs> 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 oh my god because she could not get along with him to live with her mom. She Excuse me again, I'm, this is ridiculous. She re- re- reunited with Eccles soon after his return. They had been boyfriend and girlfriend prior to Eccles' final breakup with Deanna. Meanwhile, Eccles' planned, parents planned to remarry. The, fi- the discharge summary on September 4th stated Eccles had been admitted to the emergency room, quote, because of alleged threats to his parents. It cited, quote, considerable conflict between him and his parents through the years in which he has threatened to harm himself in the context of a host of legal difficulties, unquote. Eccles offered contradicting claims about his use of street drugs, at one point saying he had not used in four months, at another saying he had not used in a year, and in the discharge summary, quote, he admits using street drugs within the last year, Gory Gory Shettles uh, was one of the caseworkers for uh, Ron Lax's Inquisitor Incorporated, who Lax had volunteered himself to help with the uh, the case, uh, with the defense because of his interest in forestalling a death penalty case. Not, I mean, it seems to be he wasn't so concerned with guilt or innocence. He just didn't want somebody to be sent to the death chamber. I, I don't know, but, I mean, that does seem to be his primary motivation. And, and Shettles worked for him. and She was the one, one who did most of the grunt work as far as dealing with Damian Eccles. Uh, anyway, she had done some notes prepared for Eccles' uh, hospital stay. Uh, she was going to give this to his defense team. And she wrote, Diagnosis, suicidal ideation, depression. Admitted through emergency room, parents called police, alleged threat to parents. Parents stated he has been abusing drugs, threatening suicide. Information was, in, was consistent from Michael. Parents expressed concern that he was involved in Satanism. Felt family members were in danger. Michael Church. <laughs> Michael stirred chocolate with a spoon. Grandmother accused him of having a knife, but it wasn't true. Probation officer made phone arrangements for Michael to return to Arkansas and check in with probation office on arrival. Michael missed friends and parents thought it was best that he return without them. Hospital agreed, did not feel he was suicidal or a threat. Again, we get back into the the, the spoon stirring the chocolate, Uh, once again, parents expressing concern that he was involved in Satanism, Uh, so I guess there was satanic panic in the uh, Eccles Hutchison household, just a gross overreaction, nothing to see here. And still another description, Dr. George Wood said in his 2000 affidavit, quote, Mr. Eccles' mental illness worsened after his release from Charter Hospital. Within two weeks of moving to Oregon with his family, he was voluntarily admitted to St. Vincent Hospital in Portland after his parents observed extremely bizarre behavior that was unresponsive to outside influence. Mr. Eccles and his family have different memories of the events surrounding Mr. Eccles' admission to St. Vincent's Hospital. As had staff members at Charter Hospital, those at St. Vincent consistently described Mr. Eccles as quiet, compliant, and non-combative. The emitting diagnoses were psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified, dysthymia, depression, and suicidal ideation. However, within 48 hours, these diagnoses were changed to adjustment disorder, of adolescence with disturbance of conduct, whereupon Mr. Eccles was discharged to his parents with instructions to continue taking daily doses of 150 milligrams of imempramine. Despite two psychiatric hospitalizations within six weeks, Mr. Eccles' parents allowed the disturbed 17 year old to return to Arkansas. And we know what the result of that decision was. Anyway, that's it for episode 12. I apologize again for coughing spells. Really, really gonna have to dub- redouble my efforts. Uh, Does it take much, apparently, to get it get my uh, throat irritated? I don't go around coughing all the time, but when I talk for a long time apparently it kicks in. Anyway, I, I thought I would do better than that today and I apologize. Uh, this is all from Gary Meese. I'll see I'll hope you have a good week and my intention is to produce another episode thirteen next week. Thank you.